0: Welcome to the Syndemic Nerds Podcast. I'm Rich and I'm accompanied by Lana and Lewis today. We will be discussing a favourite actor and then a film that they're in. We'll also be discussing a director and then a film that they've directed. So I've nominated Lana to kick things off today, so I hope you don't mind, Lana. Okay. And first, we're going to be discussing a favourite actor and then a film that they're in.
1: Okay. Um, well, um, I'm a bit of an oddball in the sense that I do not really have, um, favorite actors or actresses. Um, so, but I've picked an actor that, um, I think has made, made, has made history really, um, in the film world, but not that many people know about him. So the actor I picked is Andy Serkis, and many of you know him probably as Gollum from the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Um, His main um, performance is in The Two Towers and The Return of the King, because you only see just a little bit of Gollum in the first film, not really that much of him. Um, and not only is he one of the best um, kind of computer generated characters, but many people don't know is that Andy Serkis an- acted out all of the scenes. Originally, he was cast uh, just for his voice. And as he arrived in New Zealand. Um, he, coming from an acting background, a theater acting uh, background, he decided to act out a lot of the scenes with the actors just so that they could know what they're doing. And they were using him as a kind of reference for um, the actors so that they would know what to do and how to act certain scenes. And then later for uh, for animators. And that was... an that was just kind of what they planned. But what they didn't uh, realize was that all the scenes that were acted with Andy Serkis in them contained a much better performance than scenes where um, they acted without him. Because originally they thought um, they'll do one scene for one take for a reference and then act out the same scene without him so that a CGI character can be put back in for Gollum. The actors couldn't um, pull off as good of a performance as they could with an actual person there. So the animators later on had to go through the painstaking process of cutting Andy Serkis out and then putting Gollum in, which took forever. But it's why... um, the scenes work so well from the point of view of the actual Frodo and Sam. That's why it's so believable. There's more to it than that, actually, because at first they had a design for Gollum that took forever to create. They had sculptors, they had artists, they used um, so many different works by different people for inspiration, and they finally settled on a design for Gollum but then Andy Serkis came in and he was so good at acting his role um, that they completely redesigned Gollum with Andy Serkis's face incorporated into the character which is why when you see Gollum and when you see Andy Serkis kind of uh, maybe doing a scene if you kind of youtube it or google it that's why they look so much alike because he was his face was literally used for Gollum's face in the end. Because it just fits so well.
0: <laughs> not very complimentary on uh, Andy Serkis, is it? But, <laughs> uh, hey, hey. Like
1: <laughs> not, but he was really, <laughs> really proud of it. Because he, um, if you remember the films, Gollum's mm. role is very uh, physically uh, demanding. He climbs, he jumps. Yeah. He's really agile. He's always climbing on rocks, jumping into puddles, into water. Andy Circus did all of that, all of it, um, in a gimp suit. <laughs> so, <laughs> gimp suit. Yeah, yeah, I
2: actually you the little bubbles.
1: Yeah, and it was so much hard work. Um, and it was also to do the voice as well, like that was really hard. So it's so strenuous. And then he's not even in it but nobody sees him, they just see the CGI later. So the fact that they actually did incorporate him into the character makes, I I think he was very proud of that. Um, And to kind of round this bit off, um, I just want to mention that uh, Gollum's character is a kind of representation of the creative process and what it takes to make a film. Because originally they thought, okay, we're just gonna use this guy's voice. And then he arrived on set and they changed all their plans. Then they realized things weren't right with the animation. So they changed all their plans there. They it, it just it was constantly evolving, and they weren't quite sure what they were getting themselves into until they were actually in it, and they were able to adapt and really turned it into one of the most memorable performances in cinema, which is why it's such a good example of how great cinema is made.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's a great... Um, and bearing in mind, it's like 20 years ago nearly now as well. Yeah, yeah. it's um, it's still it's aged well, isn't it? That, like, you know, it looks good.
2: And you were speaking about him jumping up and kind of, you know, doing all his own motions. Have yes. you seen the Planet of the Apes films and where I he plays? He plays Caesar. Season. He does a lot of that. <laughs> like you'll see him swing in and you know jump in. If you've not seen checked out the new Planet of the Apes, you you would appreciate what he's doing in it.
0: It's it's a really good uh, trilogy of films, actually.
2: He's got his own company now. He he did the Mowgli film, didn't he? Yeah. Everyone was wearing um, those costumes, the suits. Yeah. I've <laughs> never seen it, but I've heard effects are good on it. That was a good pick, Lana. So I'm
0: gonna go next. Right, my actor that I fit is the Legend of the Game. Um, he, he is one of my. He's definitely one of my favorite actors. He's uh, and he's done a variety of different films as well. And I've gone for Jack Nicholson. Mm. Okay. And the film that I've picked again is it's a great film. Um, I don't know if both of you have seen it or not. I can't remember, but it's mm. um, "One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest." Oh yes, I've seen parts of it. I'll be
2: honest with you. I've never sat down and watched the
0: old. Oh, thing. I've seen parts of it. It's um, it's a brilliant film. Um, it's not. It's not going to be everyone's cup of tea because the subject matter is it is heavy overall. It's a very yeah. heavy film, um, yeah. and it could play on your mind for a while. Mm. But um, basically, for those that don't know, he's like a criminal, and you please that he's insane when he's actually not,
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, and he gets taken to a psych unit. It's a clever film because I think it could come under sort of a black comedy, really, because although it is heavy, like I said, there's some quite funny bits in it too. Mm-hmm. And it sort of lightens the load of a lot of the other patients in there who are a lot more troubled than he is. It's one of the most clever portrayals of a villain in Nurse Ratchet. Like She's very crafty in the way she's a villain. She's a psychological sort of hold that she's got on all these people and he just doesn't agree with it and well none of us do but um i think she won an oscar actually the actress for it and i think she probably deserved it on, on that performance and I, I don't think i've seen her in many other films but and i can't remember her name which is kind say, of bad yeah. too honestly her name escapes me but it's a really good portrayal of a villain and the relationship between him as like this hero and her as this villain and like the head-to-head that they've got mm. it's just really well um it's really well thought out uh i've I've seen it many times and jack nicholson he's just i mean you've seen him in other films whenever he's in a film he it's it's about him isn't it he steals the show really he's never he's never like a supporting actor he's just there and it's like you well i don't i can only speak for myself but when i watch that film he's the main reason for me i'm like right what's he going to do this time and um,
2: I think he's known for like he's in like a certain Hollywood club, isn't he? With like him and the greats.
0: Yeah, totally. I mean, he hasn't done anything for about ten years now. He's, mm. he's I don't know if he's officially retired, but he pretty much is. But yeah, back to the film. Uh, it's also got a few supporting roles that you know. Christopher Lloyd's in it. I think it's one of his early films out of uh, Back to the Future. And Danny DeVito is also in it. And there's one point there no, they actually like. I think they. They, um, this is a spoiler, but they sort of escape for the day,
1: yeah. and it's
0: like some of them it seems like it's the best day of their life. And although this guy's a bit of a wrong, and in the sense he's like a criminal and he's uh yeah. been put away in this uh sight ward, he's still kind of brought a bit of cheer to certain people's lives. And um, yeah, I love it, I think it's a great film, um, and I definitely recommend it to anyone who hasn't seen it especially Lewis I think like I know you've seen bits of it mate but if you ever
2: I will try and catch up with it yeah do it no. I mean
0: you've got to be in a particular mood really for something yeah. like that because it is heavy going 100% but um I yeah I you can't go wrong with it it's, it's such a good movie it's one of my favourites definitely absolutely now Lewis um your next mate then so do you want to give us your actor and then a film that they're in
2: See, I've thought about this. I've got three, not, not, not three <clears throat> favourite actors, if you know what I mean, but I'm just trying to, like, I'm there going, like, who do I go with? Who do mm-hmm. I go with? So I'm mm-hmm. going to put it out to you two. I've got options, okay?
1: okay. I've
2: got similar to, to Jack Nicholson. I've got a classic. Mm-hmm. I've got a popular or a new and upcomer. So
0: I'm going to throw uh, it out to you. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Lana and I have both done a classic, haven't we, really? Yeah.
1: yeah so
0: maybe so. don't go for that. Okay. Um, let's have an up and comer. Go on. Boom. Mm-hmm. All right. We'll go for the up and comer. That's
2: yeah, fine have leave, it, I've let's got have a, favorite a film favorite. So I will say the classic was Samuel L. Jackson. Mm-hmm. All right. What film? What film? Yeah. Snakes on a Plane, one of my favorite films. Oh my word. Because <laughs> 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 it's so nasty. It's so right, good Right. Move no, on. Pulp fiction and just uh, loads of films. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. cracking. The popular one was Will Smith. <laughs> right. <laughs> With Men in Black. Fair. let's so, go film. Yeah. So, right. the up and coming in one of my favorite films. And I, God, I hope I don't say our name wrong, but. Lupita Nyong'o, okay. and she was in Star Wars, but obviously CGI'd, so you're not going to recognise her from Star Wars. <laughs>
1: um,
2: but did you ever see Black Panther? No. Oh, so you might not have known her then. Did you ever see, because the film that I've chosen with her in it is Us, the horror film by Jordan Peele.
1: Oh, I've heard of Us, yeah. Yeah, I know so that.
2: she's the main actress, she's in like all the merchandise and all the marketing and all the posters.
1: Oh, I see.
2: Where you kind of roughly have a feeling for her. But she started off in like 12 Years a Slave, which yeah, I need to watch. That's, watched, apparently that's, really that's really
0: the one good. I was thinking of. That's, I think that's probably one of the first films I saw her in.
2: Yeah, it is one of her first films. And then, um, and then she was yeah, in she's... Star Wars, and uh, she did voices in the Disney Jungle Book, so not the Andy Circus one. Oh, okay. But there's just something about her. It goes to show that she's gone from being... A CGI alien in Star Wars, and <laughs> she is a bit of the comedic element, I would say, in that film. Okay. Yeah, um, she's not like serious, but she can be in times as well. Uh, but then she's gone to be the 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 mother wolf in Jungle Book.
1: Okay, and you
2: can just see from her voice that she's changed drastically. Very lovely, very Yeah, I forgot she was in that. Yeah, she's very grounded in that film. But the film, yeah, so she was in Black Panther and obviously Annie Circus was in that as well. But the film that I chose with her in it is Us. Because she plays two characters in it. So, did you say you've not seen Us, Lana?
1: I haven't seen it, but I've heard of it.
2: Okay, so I won't spoil it, but us is about there's um doppelgangers. Mm. So she plays herself and then she plays a doppelganger version of herself. And because it's a horror film, oh. the doppelganger version is completely different. It's mm. it's really weird what she does. Like it's the only way that I can kind of describe it is it's very animalistic. She'll be mm. like in the middle of a conversation and then start like chirping. And, like, clicking is so creepy. It is unnerving. It's weird. It's it's just, like, the way that she can just look at you and you're feeling a bit uneased. Mm. She, she kind of makes her eyes pop out of her head. And the way that she communicates to the other doppelgangers, because they're all sort a of part of a family, is... She'll like be very forceful and aggressive. She's she's the leader. But then you've got the other side where she's just playing a normal mother. Mm. So she's being very motherly. But it's during like the beginning parts of the film where she is you just get roped into this family. You believe that they are just a family and they're not just an actors and bunch of actors and actresses because it just comes off so natural. Mm. So she's trying to protect her kids. And she's making sure that they don't fall into the same mistake and the full traps that she did when she was a kid, which I won't say because it, it does spoil the climax of what happens when she was a kid. Um, but it's just a way that she comes off just really kind of charming in a way. But then you see the other side of her, and she's you're like, oh, actually, you know, she's a bit back crazy. Mm. She's... Sounds like a
1: very tricky role to play, almost two roles in one,
2: really. Yeah, exactly. Think a bit from um, Tom Hardy and Legend, point mm. of view, where you got to play like two people, but they're completely yeah. opposite. And that's what she does.
0: The only is difference she... with that is that Us is ten times the film that Legend was, in my opinion. Yeah, right? no, I agree. Us is <laughs> yeah. it's amazing. It's, um, I, I watched it... I've watched it twice now and the first time I watched it I did enjoy it don't get me wrong yeah, yeah. but the second time I watched it I, I loved it even yeah, more so, Um, it's just a cool horror film and I love it it's original isn't it like yeah, get out like, get oh, out was original as well yeah. he's a he's a good speaking of up and coming Jordan Peele is a director you know yeah. definitely yeah. if he's not already there he's up and coming he's he's right up there at the moment and he, he um,
2: he's he's a very busy man. Let's just say that he's um, got Twilight Zone as well, TV series. Oh yeah, uh, but that's what <laughs> it felt like. It felt like a really long Twilight Zone episode, which isn't a negative; it's a positive. But oh, it's just ah, just... oh, this film, and just there's a scene towards the end of the film where they do it's kind of a ballet. So they're they're having a fight, but it's a ballet. You've got this kind of I think it's five on it's a song and they've made it horror-esque and it's just brilliant seeing the mother who is now really like struggling because of the duration of the film. She's now struggling. So she's being the animalistic one. Mm. She's being chaotic. She's got a poker and she's trying, she's swinging it around. And the one who started off being animalistic is moving very fluidly. So it's weird how they kind of swap themselves over towards the end of the film, their personality and their traits. And I think for an actress to start off a film as a mum and then halfway through the film is suddenly an evil person and a mum. And then towards the end, the evil person is kind of having the same, char- the same characteristics as the mum, but the mum is having the characteristics of the villain. I think it just goes in, to show that there's a lot of elements of that acting. And I think she was robbed of an Oscar.
0: She's definitely out there. They were like top actresses right
2: now. Yes. I think she One should be. Um, she should be
0: looked at for uh, a lot of roles.
2: Best supporting actress for Twelve Years a Slave, and uh, considering that's our first big film, that's impressive.
0: Yeah, yeah. she was good in that. Like, there were times where she didn't have many lines, but because of her yeah, skills yeah, yeah. as that's an actress, tough. she put over. You yeah. know, the emotion, and obviously is that, that's a really heavy film. Right, next up. Right, so we're going to be doing directors now.
1: Okay. And
0: Londa, do you want to go first again?
1: Um, my pick for this again would actually be um, Miyazaki, uh, who is the main director for a lot of Studio Ghibli films. But the film I'm picking to talk about, which is uh, Nausicaa Valley of the Wind, which is a 1984 film. It was made even before the Ghibli uh, studio was established, but it's still considered a Ghibli film because it is very much a Miyazaki film. Um, And it's a sci-fi adventure set in a post-apocalyptic steampunk kind of world. And the reason why I'm picking it, in some ways, it is a it is a perfect predecessor to his later work. And you can see the same films he starts off with in this film, later explored in films like Princess Mononoke and um, Spirited Away, films like that. But on the other hand, it is completely different from those films because of its uh, very very unusual setting, and very unusual characters. So, as I mentioned, it's set in a post-apocalyptic world, uh, where kind of human settlements are sparse, and what's in between these human settlements are these forests that humans can't go into um, because they're filled with spores. There are giant bugs um, and if you're human and you come across this bug, any bug from that world, chances are they'll probably kill you. <laughs> so it's a very dangerous world to live in and humans have been kind of pushed into the fringes um, of the world. And you think, I mean, I think most people, um, like in Princess Mononoke, you have the animals, you've got the wolves, you know, you've got the boars most people like wolves you know most people like deer most people like are, are, at least are okay with boars no one will have anything against them but, it'd
2: be interesting but, to see in like japanese culture if they symbolize something as well
1: yeah um but in this case they like bugs is something that's almost universally feared. They're from another world. They're on our planet, but they're from another world. They go by different laws. They're not mammals, you know, they're not not birds. They, we don't, um, unless you're really into bugs, we don't understand them, you know? And they don't have the same facial features. They don't have um, very emotional eyes that we can look at, or they're not cute. You know, they're not inspiring as like a dragon might be, you know. It's just a bug. It's a giant bug. By the end of the film, I was in tears when a bug was getting hurt. That's what this film does. (laughs) (laughs) And it's unlike anything else. And um, like many of Miyazaki's films... A very core um, theme is that there are no simple solutions to complex problems which I stand by wholeheartedly and it's a very anti-war, anti-violence film with a very peaceful, thoughtful and nuanced message. As always, there are no purely evil characters. But just people who are afraid, afraid for their livelihoods, afraid for their families, um, misinformation, people being afraid of each other because these different settlements have different ideas about how to handle this situation and how to handle each other. So they can't agree on things, which is very, very real. Uh, we're always in conflict, um, not only with the natural world, but with e- with each other. Um, and fear is a definitely a driving f- and very understandable force. Um, and fear brings out, and at least in this film, fear brings out some of the um, kind of negative traits of greed or ill will um, from the different characters. But there are no truly evil characters they're all understandable and you can see where they're coming from and the main character is almost is a kind of unifying force and she is um the only one who decides that maybe she should give it a shot and try to understand not only the different people but the bugs themselves. And instead of trying to kind of move on and just getting rid of a threat, she decides she wants to understand it. Um, And that is what leads to some kind of um, resolution in the end. It's never simple and it requires immense courage Because you just can't paint the world in black and white, and I I love that message. And it's even made so much stronger by having bugs. It's so unique. It just delivers.
0: That's right. I mean, the Studio Ghibli films—they are—they are what they are. are Unique, aren't they? Mm. You know they, they. there's nothing else out there like them, really. I mean, I've seen a few, and they are bizarre at times. I've not seen Nausicaa, actually. It's, some, it's no, one okay. I've got. It's one I got on my list to see, but I've not got around to it yet. Um, yeah. But exactly. I will. Yeah, I will watch it mm. at some point.
1: Yeah. No, it's definitely worth it. My only criticism, maybe, of the film is that um, the main character. You could say out of all the films I've seen, she's probably the one who is the closest to being a little bit of a Mary Sue. She's a little bit too perfect. But at the same time, I think I can forgive that in a sense. It doesn't bother me that much when I watch it because simply, simply because of her message And of how much courage she has and how many things go wrong. So her kind of internal core is maybe too good, almost. Mm. But it's not like in the modern Star Wars, where the main character is not only too good, but nothing actually goes wrong for her. She just kind of sails through the quest. (laughs) Uh, Not that she does not. It's very difficult. So, which
0: is how it should be really because yeah like
1: because that's you know life.
0: if if you want an audience to relate to a character they have to yeah. go through trials yeah because if they're just going like you said floating through it you, you're not going to be like this no. you know this, this isn't right because obviously everyone some people have it worse than others but everyone's got their uh, cross to bear exactly so yeah. you know I think it's a lot yeah. more interesting when the character gets a problem and then they have to overcome it. Wow, well, mm. and this was a tough one—not for the director, but for which film I was going to pick. Probably. He's a top director, and mm. I challenge anyone to say he's not. Mm. Uh, I've gone with um, David Fincher.
2: Oh yes, I can't
0: challenge. And no, I didn't think so. And then um, the film that I have chosen. Oh, I had a few here um, and I, some people might pick another one over this but like we all know everyone's entitled to their opinion. I went for Gone Girl.
1: Okay. Oh brilliant yeah.
0: Mm. I've not read the book. I've heard the book's very good and I imagine it's one of those ones where people that have read the book might be more critical of the film.
1: Julian Flynn. Uh, who wrote the book also wrote the screenplay for uh, the Alright.
0: Yeah, I, I did know that actually. Yeah, that's wrong. That's wrong about, yeah. The reason I picked this um was wow. Well, I think it's it's definitely one of Ben Affleck's best roles. Mm. And um Fincher, look, he's just for me, Fincher, you watch a film and you know that's Fincher. He's got like those iconic Shots and the atmosphere for me—it's a lot about the atmosphere. It's a cold filming, and it's the mystery around it. You know, from a lot of his films, it's from the first shot. Really, not a lot's really given away, and mm. I like that. And it intrigues you. Like, if you watch a film and everything's just laid out for you, you're just like, okay, you want to have to sort of think and question things and their motives. And I also think uh although it's about two and a half hours long i still think the pacing is quite good on it like no, it you can watch you can watch a film that's like two and a half hours and sometimes you're clock watching you're thinking flipping up, am i only an hour into this but gone girl i i don't remember being like that i saw it at the cinema as well i missed it the first time around and um i think i call it when they i don't you probably remember lewis uh, take two thursdays i think it was that uh, Oh, yeah. Uh, old. they yeah, showed yeah. Gone Girl again. And I was like, right, I missed it the first time around. I'm not missing it again. Mm. So I got there and, yeah, I was not disappointed. And it's probably, it'd be like, one of the best films I've seen this, uh, the last decade anyway, through the tens. Without oh, a doubt. Yeah, it was a tough choice for me because I love Seven as well. That's another one where the atmosphere, is just incredible. It's always raining and it's pretty dull, but it doesn't. Some films you see that and you think, oh, this is a bit depressing. But with that, you go into the world, like Fincher's universe, if you want to call it that.
1: Yeah.
0: And you're just, I'm just so engrossed in what's going on. It's dark, but you want it to be dark. And I don't know if any of you have seen the TV series of Mindhunter.
2: I've, I've not seen it. It's on my which,
0: list. There. Yeah, which again is, it's just so. Signature Fincher and it's dark. It's pretty dark. Obviously, the subject matter. You can't get much darker than that. Yeah. But um, I the first series. I watched that and I came through it in about a week. I actually watched it when we had the Beast from the East. We all remember that. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: And I picked that I picked it up and I was just like, yeah, watch the next one. Yeah, watch the next one. So yeah, for me, I I picked Gone Girl because again the atmosphere and that is just you know his wife's gone missing mm. did he did he do it you know like <laughs> he, he he seems like a bit of an asshole, but he's um you know he doesn't that doesn't mean he's a murderer uh it's all a bit suspicious and if you hadn't read the book you would definitely all the way through if you haven't seen it watch yeah. it but all the way through you're thinking right well you know where's this going where's this going and it keeps you gripped
1: the role of the media in gone girl is quite um quite frightening really yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah, no
0: it's it's probably quite quite realistic because as soon as anything like that happens in real life where like someone goes missing they're always like oh it must have been the husband or it must have been the boyfriend he did it like look how guilty he looks Mm. and they um there's a particular scene where like i think someone comes up to meet him and she gets a photo with him
1: yeah
0: and portrays him as like we doesn't even care that his wife's gone missing why would he smile for a photo sort of thing and you're like Mm -hmm. he's sort of caught off guard really and doesn't think about the consequences of some Mm -hmm. of his actions i guess but i don't want to give away i mean i'd like to think most people have seen it but i won't give away too much just in case anyone listening hasn't
2: But
0: definitely get on it. Right, Lewis, so do you want to give us your director? Yes. And the film that you have chosen by said director?
2: Okay, so I'm choosing someone who I believe has the Midas touch. He's only done a few films, but I'm sure Rich has seen two of these films. But Lana, I think... I don't know. I don't know whether or not you might not have seen any film, maybe one. So, okay. yeah. But I've chosen James one.
1: James. Oh one? yeah.
2: James one. Yeah. 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 Do you know who James one is? No. Have you seen Saw? Saw. Yeah. Yeah. That's the that's the one I thought you might have seen. And so yeah. he directed Saw. That was his um, first film he directed. Mm. Uh, have you seen what? Insidious? The Conjuring.
1: Um, no, but I've heard of that one. Okay,
2: so yeah, and he also directed Furious Seven, which was um, one of the ones where I'm blinking. no, nah, I might have seen, but I'm not sure. Yeah. Um,
1: No, just saw.
0: <laughs> the first saw, that is a quality. Yes. Quality film, like the concept, and I remember the watching concept, that. And, the plot twist, the brutality,
2: yeah. and considering that's his first film, I think he did a short yep. film of Saw, but. Yeah. It's just, oh, yeah, it's a great debut. i again, I don't know how much figure wise, maybe I should have researched it, but it was probably made on a very small budget. But it made tons of money and it made sequels galore. It's not, it's, that's not even the film I've picked, by the way. But I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm oh, just yeah. saying, like, how he's produced every one of his sequels, it's probably made him very rich. <laughs>
0: Is, is he, did he direct all of the saws, or did no, he like direct all drift away sword. from it after? the
2: first saw. Um, right. Because the they first, obviously get worse yeah. as they
0: go along, don't they? But
2: yeah. I, I've not even seen them. I've seen the first saw and I've seen the second saw, but
0: the second ones are right actually. I like yeah, that. I think the fast. first the first few are all right, and then it starts. Like I said, each time it goes on, it gets more and well, more kind
2: he, of far fetched. If you know, same thing with the conjuring. So again, yeah. a brutal horror film that is actually terrifying. It's scary. You know, you get all these little horror films that come out and once in a blue moon, yeah, it's not too bad, but his films seem to actually be scary. <laughs> like The Exorcist scary. Like people are going to remember The Conjuring. I like yeah. the second one as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, um, I hope there's a third one coming out. But all these spin-offs that have come out from The Conjuring as well, that again, he's produced. Um, but the film that I wanted to talk about with wait, so you, you haven't picked the country and you no, have not Saul. picked the country and I've not picked Saul. Oh. I have picked Aquaman. Oh. oh, right, right, I've picked Aquaman because <laughs> he has made Aquaman cool.
0: That right, I can I weigh in on this one quick before wait, you
2: because I don't think you like the film,
0: no. On the contrary, I I like it. Um, it was probably from like the DC universe. It's probably one of my favorites. And again, yep. that might that might sound controversial to some. Yep. I don't know. Um, oh, I it watched the it DC
2: extended universe? Right? Not, yeah, that's it. Um, yeah, not. Oh, yeah, not the, Not
0: the whole thing. Nah. Yeah, yeah. We know that's the Nolan films. But yeah, I think it's. I think he's uh, Jason Momoa, who I've met by the way,
2: yeah. is um. <laughs> I think he's really good as Aquaman. I thought he's... Yeah, I think he's good in Aquaman because James Wan as a director probably went, you do your thing, you know what you want to do with this character. And Jason Momoa did do that. And I think if James Wan... (laughs) I mean, it opens up with the coolest little... It's like tiny little action scene of when they're attacking the lighthouse right at the beginning of the film. And it's all just like one-shot movement. And it's just phenomenal have you seen it Lana have you seen Aquaman no I
1: haven't you
2: need to watch it's just so imagine I, a film where you can just have a beer you can get some nachos
1: <laughs> you can sit it. there I mean, and
2: escape from it at the end of the day it's a comic book movie it's comic book and movie, it's what do you so wa- what do you watch a
0: comic book movie for you watch it for escapism
2: yeah <laughs> and it's the, the it's a little bit cheesy seriously. in places it's cheesy. There's elements of Star Wars in it. There's elements of Lord of the Rings in it. It's funny. There's a horror sequence that flashbacks to you know his earlier films. It's just fun. And I think it works, and it's just fun because of James Wan's direction. He. It's the only DC extended film, I think, that made over a billion. Really. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. And for you know, Aquaman, he was joking. You know, jokingly, old oh, the dude only talks to fish. It it keeps you gripped. I would say I I didn't get bored, and it's over two hours long. It's no, like two, an I, hour and a half long. I wasn't
0: bored. I didn't. I saw it twice this in a I feel like. Although I, I, I really like it. You really like it. I think it's going to be a mixed one. I think there's going to be a lot of people out there. Well, I know for a fact there's a lot of people out there who are going to hate on it. There's a lot it.
2: of people that don't like it. Well, there's a couple of sequences I can think to myself, that doesn't work, but it does. But if I was sat next to someone else, they would probably be like, no, that doesn't work. And mm. you've got the bit when Acroman attacks a submarine. I say attacks, he's trying to um, help him, But... He goes into the <laughs> submarine and he goes through the little hole, the entrance hole, and all of a sudden you get a guitar riff down now now, and I <laughs> I was sat there watching it. I'm like, this is just basically an action film, like an old school '80s cheesy action film, because in a five minutes later he's hitting someone with a door, and then again you get the wow 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 wow, <laughs> <laughs> and to me it's just so goofy it works. But if I was sat next to someone else they'll probably be like, why is he, why is he, why is there a guitarist? Why is, why is this happening? <laughs> like, but I would just look at them and just be like, shut up and then enjoy, enjoy the moment. And this is what I think this film is. Just enjoy it. There's another scene where an octopus is just randomly playing the drums.
0: Oh yeah. Why? That's not going to sell it to Lana no, at it's all. The
1: weirdest,
2: <laughs> it's the weirdest, it's the weirdest. Lana, they use like, give us some context. Around. Yeah. <laughs> Like so, for example, they use sharks as tanks. They use like turtles, I don't know, to message people. <laughs> imagine the like, flintstones, but with You're
0: like, still not you're still not selling it, mate.
2: <laughs> I know I'm not, I'm really not. But imagine the Flintstones, but instead of dinosaurs, it's it's you know, fish like so it's just playing the drums, but it's it's you got it's in the context of it's playing war drums. Whilst they get ready for a battle in a stadium, because they're doing like some gladiator sequence. But it's also one of the most colourful DC films. I went out and bought it on four yeah. K because I was like, I need it on four K Blu-ray. Have, do you watch the Marvel films, Lana? No. No. Okay.
1: <laughs> but...
2: <laughs> <laughs> There's like an element where these films have just suddenly they've turned the contrast up, so they're no longer like dark and eerie. They're colourful. Yeah. The opposite of David Fincher.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: they kind of grab your attention.
0: It fits the genre because, like Fincher films are like crime and mystery, so you expect them to be cold and dark. Yeah, and well, that, and that's whereas
2: what DC was, DC yeah, was very much like. And this isn't me bashing on it, but Wonder Woman is kind of in caught in the middle. Wonder Woman, is dark and I eerie, don't, but I didn't was, rate it. I do didn't rate Wonder Woman.
1: No.
2: I think it's very good, and I think it's the only. I think it's, I think it's the turning point of DC kind of going. Okay, we need to do this more. It was all right. Like it
0: was okay, but I didn't think it was like a groundbreaking. Yeah, exactly. Entry.
2: But Aquaman seems to be that turning point where DC have gone. Actually, we need to make these films colorful, and fun, and vibrant. Yeah. Because yeah, if you see it. the trailer for Wonder Woman eighty four. It's colourful, it's fun, it's vibrant. And mm. James One helped with Aquaman. You could just see that everyone was having a good time. Yeah, I agree. See that everyone, you know, the way that he kind of, it's just, he throws everything at the wall. There's a few slippages, you know, there's a couple. I, I, you know, I do think the octopus playing the drum, I'm like, mm, that did take me out of the film a bit. Um, and there was another, there was another sequence in the film where it, I was like, I get why he's done it, but I, I like it, but other people wouldn't like it. Is when they suddenly play um the song Africa, and they're just walking out of a beach. It's really weird, but again, he's just thrown everything to see what can stick, and a lot of it, at ninety-five percent of everything he throws at the wall sticks. There's just not five percent that doesn't, but i'm gonna say lana if you like lord of the rings you might like aquaman because at the end of it you know there's a big action scene but it might be too kind of if you don't like your marvel and you don't like your dc then you might not like it
1: i see i I,
2: um i recommend it to
0: people but i i think i I know lana's response is going to be either (laughs) she's not going to watch it or yeah. she'll watch it and she'll hate it.
1: <laughs> yeah, you'll
2: just be like, it. It didn't make sense.
0: But I think you owe it to us now to at least give it a try, Lana, so we can see what I you think.
1: think. You give it a try. I mean, yeah, not every film needs to be super serious. I mean, yeah. I, I get that. Like, and good escapism can be really fun. So.
2: Yeah, it depends yeah. what medium, doesn't it? Like, I've said yeah. many it a time. A fair, it's just entertaining just to like chuck it on. Mm. But because of James Wan, I think helped with the direction of that. I think he's basically put style and substance in a film. And I think he does that with all his films. The Insidious series, the Conjuring series. They make money. And you've got elements of their like Genuinely terrifying films, his horrors. Fast 7, i again, I'm not the massive Fast and Furious fan. I believe, Rich, tell me if I'm wrong. Fast and Furious oh, 7 was the film where Paul Walker sadly passed away. Yeah, it
0: he, he was yeah. around... Um, well, he, it was before it came out, wasn't it? They yeah, had to... so they had
2: to like CGI scenes yeah. and stuff. That's a hard thing to do. But in the film, it plays out so... You wouldn't even notice. And it ends so beautifully, for the sad tragedy that happened. And yeah. again, he's just... He's gone into it and he's gone, right, Fast and Furious. I'm going to make this Looney Tunes with cars and it works.
0: That's what those films are. This is the thing. Like, people criticise those films as well, but you've got to have a certain attitude when you're seeing a film like that. It's supposed Looney to be Tunes. nutty. You, yeah. wouldn't, you wouldn't watch it if the cars were just driving around like normal, would you? It'd be pretty boring. No. I
2: want to see cars coming out of but... an <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> they, do get,
0: they do get more like absurd as they go on, so you'll definitely yeah. like the later ones. That's great some interesting choices there I like the Andy Circus one Lana I think that was a great pick and then no. Lapita Nyong'o I thought that was a great pick as well Liz so you have not disappointed I'm going to round this up uh, with just what are you watching what are you going to watch for the rest of lockdown um, mm. I know I'm going to be watching as I've mentioned previously and I'll keep going on about it the five bloods which is new um, on Netflix by Spike Lee. Um it sounds brilliant. And you know, I've not actually even watched the trailer and I'm purposely not going to watch it. I just <laughs> don't want to know until I get uh, until I flick that film on and press play. I'm just want I'm keeping myself uh, distant from it and I hopefully I'll watch it this evening.
2: Yeah.
0: Um I was going to watch Artemis Fowl but I'm probably not going to because it's having pretty scathing reviews.
2: Now i have been watching Lord of the Rings. I decided to start that again can no, with that i'm half i'm halfway through the fellowship um because i've got that extended one so oh yes yes
1: that's, yeah. that's what we watched yeah oh, nice.
2: it's good but they're in, the, they're in the elvis elvish place at the moment i'm like oh this is a good time just to stop um but I'll, i'm gonna carry on watching that and then i'm just watching a few like catching up with some old films there's not really any new films um i've been watching the new star trek films the first star trek film from new can i be honest
0: i haven't really seen any of the older stuff but the new no, ones I haven't. the first installment is a really good film
2: yeah it's a very good film i love it i think all three of them make a decent trilogy right i'm gonna round it up there guys
0: thank you for listening and everybody look after yourselves